0: And go into projects confident and knowledgeable about the industry so that your projects will be as smooth and as successful as possible. Today's episode is a follow-up on the last two episodes, number 57 and 58, about the Magnolia Channel drama. Now, we don't go into the actual stories again But in fact, go over some of the questions that I received from all of you after listening to the podcasts, some back and forth. And basically, we're going to talk today about who exactly is on your team and what you can and should expect from them and how to get to that point. Because that really is what went wrong for those homeowners that had these disastrous experiences With the renovation show that was going to be on the Magnolia channel. And this is something that you can take control of and avoid a disaster of your own. So let's dive in. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad you're here. And if you're just joining me, then I want to encourage you to go back and listen to the last two episodes, number 57 and 58, where I talk all about this bizarre set of circumstances on a home renovation show that was slated to go onto the Magnolia channel, I think about two weeks ago at this point. And what happened was this design couple in Utah had a show called Homework, and they were producing a new season that would be taken over to the Magnolia Channel and right before launch. And yes, the timing is suspect, and I get that, but it doesn't negate the fact that these homeowners came forward with terrible stories about horrendous situations on their projects and all sorts of things went south. So, I don't want to go into the details because those of you who have already listened, I know you don't want to hear them again, but I do recommend you going back and listening to them to get the context to learn the lessons that I brought out of the terrible situation. So, at least there's something positive that comes out of that situation. And what I really wanted to talk to you all about today were some of the comments and the direction of the comments that I got on those episodes. And I'll be honest. I was a little anxious putting those episodes out. I don't really get into the whole gossip, salacious, you know, gotcha things in life. It's just not who I am. But that story, the amount of information that was being shared was so overwhelming to me. And and I know if you've listened to me for hell half a second, you know that I don't like those HGTV shows or any of the home renovation shows. But while I'd hear some rumblings, you know, you'd hear little gossipy things in trade magazines about how they're not all that realistic. Well, duh and, you know, that kind of thing, but there was never any concrete information, personal stories shared until now. And it validated everything I have always said about these shows. Now, I'm sorry that I was right because these homeowners got terribly taken advantage of. And most of it was because they didn't understand the process and they didn't understand what was going to be delivered to them and when. And so anyone who's been listening knows I'm all about communication, upfront and honest. And so interior designers listening to me, this is where you can shine by being upfront and honest with your skills with a new client. And that includes letting them know what you aren't as comfortable doing. And maybe you still get to do it anyway. I mentioned I'm in some Facebook groups for interior designers, and often there are new interior designers, and they say, I'm a new interior designer, and I'm just taking on a kitchen project. Can I get some advice? And you know, I think in my head, yeah, the advice is don't do it. And I know I've said that before. But really what I should say and actually put in the comments is tell your client. Tell your client. You've never done a kitchen before, but you do have experience in who knows what, XYZ. Maybe this designer has you know, renovated bathrooms, and that is similar. Don't send me hate email, interior designers, when you say there's nothing similar about a bathroom and a kitchen. There are some similar qualities to them. You've got cabinetry, you've got plumbing, electric, et cetera, all married in. But the fact of the matter is if you don't tell a client and you start the project anyway, and it all goes south, then you are the one that is just so incredibly stressed out. You might be on the hook for some mistakes financially that you've made or that you've under-budgeted for or what have you. So experience does matter. But if you say up front, I am not familiar with kitchens, but I'm confident I could do whatever that is with this contractor on my team, that's a different animal and that allows the client to say okay now again you'll hear me say this all the time you price yourself accordingly you're going to be learning from this person's kitchen project so quite honestly you owe them a little so that's why you lower your price point or lower your hourly rate or however you price out your projects and you get something in return and that is experience and that is invaluable So homeowners, the women that came forward, they had a vague idea of what was going to happen. They gave the scope of work. I wanted my kitchen done, or they wanted one of the kitchen and a family room. You know, they all different scopes of work. They never discussed formal anything. One of them was looking for their contract pretty much for the entire length of the project, was asking for, well, actually not only the contract, but the budget. There was no scheduled meetings. There was no agreed upon form of communication. I mean, literally nothing. And that is an enormous mistake. This homeowner in particular was dealing with the contractor directly, but then occasionally was dealing with the designer directly, and then occasionally was dealing with the designer's assistant directly. I mean, it was chaotic. And I actually can't imagine the job finishing well under those circumstances. So again, this goes back to communication from the beginning. Who is my point of contact? How are we to communicate with each other? When are we meeting and how frequently? It's really that simple. And then I did get some comments that said, well, she should have just kept working with the contractor because he's the one doing the work and he would have been able to finish things up. Well, Yes and no. And of course, every single job is going to be unique. So it's very hard to just have a blanket. Yep, yep, that's exactly what she should have done. But I do hear this pretty regularly of, well, I don't need any help because my contractor is going to help me with it. And I always caution people. And I really want people to hear me on this. I caution people with trusting that without specifically asking and interviewing for a contractor with that skill set. And don't get me wrong. This is not because I'm worried contractors are going to steal work from interior designers. It's actually the opposite. I know contractors. I have known contractors for decades. They don't want to do what I do for a living. In fact, they think I'm nuts to do what I do for a living, dealing with the client and making the selections and trying to figure out what's going to make them happy and, you know, what the perfect bathtub is and the toilet. You should hear them on the job site. They're like, Renee, I don't know how you do this every day. I mean, it would just kill me to have to do that. And that's the normal. Now, are there some contractors out there that like to do the design process? Absolutely. But they are in the minority. And fun fact, actually, there is a guy that I grew up with and he's a contractor and he loves to do it. But here's the thing. His mom is an interior designer. So I sort of joke with him. I said, well, you know, if my son grows up and becomes a contractor as well, I wouldn't be surprised if he also did the same. And, you know, he's grown up around it. He's heard about it. He's got the, a good eye and things like that. But that's the unicorn in the construction world. That is not the norm. So if you're going to rely or your plan is to rely on a contractor for that service, then that needs to be asked in an interview, not after you hire them, in an interview. And you might get lucky. You might find someone who is interested in it. But chances are what you may find instead, and there is a difference. So please listen carefully. I don't want a contractor to say, oh, sure, I can help you with all of that. And then you say, fantastic, and move on. When you hear a contractor say, oh, sure, I can help you with that, that's when you ask secondary follow-up questions. What does that mean? Are you going to take me to the showrooms? Are you going to help me select the fixtures? Are you going to help me select the product? Everything that we need to specify in this project. I'm going to go out on a limb and say likely he's going to say, oh, no, 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 I have contacts at all of the showrooms, I will send you to the, quote, right people. Now, that can be extremely helpful. And in fact, I work with a woman at my plumbing supply house, gee, for the last over 10 years because I met her through a contractor. I was had been working with someone else. And on this job, he said, no, I only work with this other woman and you'll love her, Renee. And I thought, eh, whatever, I probably won't, but okay. And I'm you know basically forced into it. Well, the woman is amazing and and I'm thrilled, right? Over a decade later, we're still working together. So it's not necessarily a bad thing, but what you have to understand is by him saying, sure, I will send you to my people at the showrooms is you're on your own. Now you are going to be going and you're going to be listening to the advice of, hopefully, a very educated in that specific field. So if you're going to a flooring company, they're going to be experts in the flooring company, but they're all going to be giving you individual advice on their specific product. And that's where you're going to have to come in and take over and oversee, do all of these individual pieces work together in the end. So you see, it's a lot more complicated than just saying, oh, okay, I'm just going to go to the plumbing supply house, and then I'll go to the lighting showroom, and then I'm going to go to the flooring, and then I'm going to go to tile, and then, you know, in the end, let's hope it all works out. It's a lot more complicated. And if you're looking at any of my social media this week, I'm really going over the amount of decisions and details that are made on any project. and it is a lot. I mean, I try not to think about it because when I actually write up and sit there and look at a picture and then detail out all the decisions that had to be made in order to make that wall a wall, it's a little overwhelming. I mean, now at this point in my career, I sort of make some of these decisions without really identifying it as a decision, you know, as a line item on my list, but wow, when you really break it all down, it is a lot and depending on the scope of your project start multiplying that out right if it's an addition and it's a two-story addition all of a sudden you multiplied it again you know so these are the kinds of things that I really want people to be thinking about especially if they're watching these stupid shows yes I'm now going to start calling them stupid because I have the facts that they are complete and other smoke and mirrors and nothing to do with reality. But the problem is it becomes your reality when you are using them to gauge how your project will be set up and run. And that's where I think this is so important and why I'm taking the time to to go over those details again in this episode. I promise we're going to get back into the nuts and bolts of individual projects in coming weeks. But because of the comments and emails I got specifically about working hand-in-hand with a contractor, I knew that this was going to be something that I had to explain in much greater detail so that you aren't planning and sitting there going, oh, okay, I'm I'm going to be good. I'm going to have the contractor help me with all of that. It's all going to come together and it's going to be perfect because it's very unusual for that to happen. Now, listen, this episode is not to plug hiring an interior designer. It just isn't because I don't want you to hire an interior designer if you're not comfortable doing that because that won't be successful either. And interior designers, I want you to hear me that you need to be comfortable on projects as well. So if a homeowner calls you and says, I'm going to work with the contractor and you need to oversee some of the items he selects, if that's something you're not comfortable with, then don't get involved. I mean, it really is an important marriage to be a good team. And, and if it's not, if for whatever reason it doesn't feel right, then that's something you need to walk away from. Even if it feels painful in the, in the moment, that is something you have to listen to. And I've said this a hundred times. Women know you have that feeling in your gut if something feels hanky. And when it does, you must listen to it. I mean, the stories these women told about the home renovation projects, the designer herself admitted she spent $32,000 of her own money so that the project could end well. I mean, seriously, I mean, decades in the business. I don't know anyone who has done that out of the kindness of their heart. The only reason a design couple would do that is for a personal payout of their own. That could be in the form of, oh my God, we screwed up and I need to cover something because it's not the client's fault that I don't know what I'm doing or two. I'm going to pay this $32,000 because I'm going to be on the Magnolia channel and I'm hoping to get that back in future earnings. I mean, It is just so absurd on every level. And since most of us are not looking to be on TV, I mean, trust me, please call me if you are thinking of that because I have heard designer stories on it and there isn't a whole lot of upside to it being on those shows. But regardless of that, if you are making mistakes in the tens of thousands of dollars, you will be out of business, right? A a business cannot sustain that job after job for any length of time. So these are the important pieces to understand in advance. So homeowners, if you talk to your contractor and he sort of sweet talks you into thinking he's going to help you more than you think he's going to help you, he won't be helping you. Believe it and trust your gut. Therefore, you need a plan B. Is it going to be you on your own or are you going to investigate hiring a designer? And designers, vice versa. If you're brought onto a team, something feels a little off, then don't join that team. You will regret it in the end. We won't know how until the end. And in either way, it's just not worth it. So these are the pieces of this crazy story that I am compelled to keep telling people so that you are confident in making the choices that you need to make that's specific to you and your project based on knowledge, honesty, conversations, This is the kind of thing that can absolutely destroy a project on day one or make a project sing all the way through to the end. And again, I am on projects that sing all the way to the end. That does not mean there aren't hiccups because I don't want to fool anyone. There are always hiccups. But when a project is run smoothly and professionally, the hiccups become these very minor bumps that are in the past before they become roadblocks. It just really does work that way. So again, to recap, I want homeowners to understand who they're hiring and what services they will be providing in detail so that they know what their team's going to look like, where they're missing pieces, and where they need to do work of their own. And interior designers, I want you to be open and upfront and honest with clients about what you can and cannot provide, as well as listening to your gut when you are being asked to join a team. And if it doesn't feel right, do not join the team. It really is that simple. There is another job coming. I promise you that. And if anyone is looking for more detailed information, I have resources on my website. More importantly, I built my signature courses, Only Girl on the Job Site, for homeowners and interior designers solely and specifically to guide people through their own projects so that they can be in charge, managing them like a professional. It covers it from soup to nuts. This is how you will save time and money on your projects, and you will feel amazing in the end. And quite honestly, you'll want to do another project because it was such a success. And interior designers, this is an opportunity to offer more services to your existing clients so you become a one-stop shop and add an income stream that is completely separate from the decorating world, which, let's be honest, is a strange and evolving world thanks to the internet and the access to everything. So I encourage you all, I want to empower you all to take these steps to putting together the team that you need for your project and then stay in charge and manage throughout the process. So as always, if this brings up more questions than answers, please reach out to me. I loved chatting with so many of you the past couple of weeks. One friend who I actually know personally was messaging me and she said, I think this is a trigger for you, this conversation. I said, oh, my God, this is such a trigger. Like, I just couldn't believe what I was reading. It was like watching a train wreck. I couldn't take my eyes off of it. And sadly, it all proved me right. And this is not an area where I wanted to be proven right because these families really did suffer under the hands of this design team. And that really upsets me. This is an industry that I love. I spend every moment I can trying to elevate the industry, sharing how professional it is with all of you, and to hear the stories of this horrendous couple completely mismanaging these projects. It just, it simply broke my heart. It's just something that I fight against all the time with this very platform. So please let's learn lessons together so that one by one, we can prove that projects can run smoothly and successfully, whether you hire an interior designer or not. So long as you know who's on your team, what they're going to be providing and what you need to do as an equal team member. Thank you again for your time today. And I look forward to our next time together. Thank you for listening today and feel free to join me on social media at divine Design in order to stay up to date on the latest happenings in my construction world. There is more detailed information on my website for my signature courses for both homeowners and designers as well as other material to help guide you through a successful renovation project. Make sure to follow my podcast so that you get notifications of new episodes so you don't miss a tip. If you enjoyed this episode, spread the word, leave a review and tell your friends who are starting or are mid project. And thank you again for listening today.